0: Captain, hello. Come on in. Thank you. Please have a seat. I'm starting to think you were going to miss our appointment.
1: I'm sorry. I lost control of time, as one does. Thanks for seeing me on short notice.
0: Of course, of course. It's not every day the Commandant of the Alliance Medical asks to talk with me. So what brings you here today? How can I help?
1: Well, to be honest, I'm about to start out on a new path in my life, and I just wanted to take some time and get some help to process the last few years. I thought that was important. I mean, I've been through some stuff, you know? Oh, like what? (laughs) Oh, oh, Like what? (laughs) Like what? what? Where do I start? I don't know. I think rock bottom was probably when I turned evil.
0: Um, (laughs) I'm sorry? Only for a little bit,
1: and it, it wasn't my fault. My neuromodulator was hacked. I guess you could make a case for how it was my fault.
0: Okay, so you had a neuromodulator. Yep,
1: uh uh-huh. Got addicted to those painkillers. I, I shattered my spine.
0: Ooh,
1: how? Cliff diving on Io. I used to swim. It was a thing in my younger days.
0: Okay, I'm, I'm a little con- confused by the, the timeline here. But... No
1: shit, me too.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I just mean my understanding is that a neuromodulator is a short-term intervention.
1: No, no, that's right. Yep, six to nine months usually, pathways are remodeled, reset, stabilized, and we pop that sucker out and you go on your merry way. Usually.
0: Right. So, how long was yours in?
1: Oh, you know, a little longer than that.
0: Okay, so a whole rotation.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. At least
0: two two rotations.
1: Let's Let's not get bogged down in specifics, all right? I've got a I got a lot of ground to cover, and it's always limited time.
0: It's getting late. Well, there's no need to cover everything in one session. Why don't you start at the beginning? Maybe before. Before you hit rock bottom.
1: Well, in that case, I think it kind of all started when I was born. Well, Okay, maybe actually when I was conceived. Not that I was, you know, there. I mean, obviously, I heard about it.
0: You heard about
1: it. Yeah, and 100% don't recommend that. Zero stars.
0: Well, okay, I think we can, for now, maybe skip uh, a decade or, or two ahead.
1: Sure. I mean, it's probably only relevant because I sent my father to prison and then broke him out. I see. My fake father, though, not my real father. So you had a fake father? Well, I mean, he raised me, but he wasn't my biological father, so when it turned out that he committed some kind of genocide in a quest to essentially undo my conception and have the life he always wanted with my mother, well, uh, you know, sans me and my biological dad, you know, I just... I thought the fake label really can, served me well. Can we...
0: Well, let's go back to the part where uh, you broke him out of prison.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think I really meant to. I mean, I, well, I did. I went to see him to tell him off, actually. Maybe even gloat a little, but... Uh, before, before I'd even realized that I'd said it, I'd ask for his help again. I always did that. Even when I didn't actually need any help, I don't think I even... I don't think I even really needed it then. I think I thought if I acted like I needed him and then he chose to help me, that that would prove he loved me maybe a little. Maybe, you know, not in that moment, sitting in silver prison because of me, but once upon a time.
0: So then I guess it's just a matter of the bill.
1: (laughs) I've had a lot of time to think about this.
0: How do you know he didn't love you?
1: Could you allow a person you love to be erased from existence? Look, I'm sure he did. I'm sure he loved me in his way. He wasn't always a giant solar system-destroying hard ass. He could be quite sensitive at times. Empathetic. He was the one who taught me to swim, encouraged me to go to the academy, and delivered me to EOS-10. I have happy memories of him, and I don't want to lose those. And sometimes I I just want to pretend that even the little bit of the time he did spend with me wasn't all in service of some grand cosmic timeline-altering scheme. I mean, except for that whole, like, crimes against the universe thing, he was a pretty normal, just fine-as-they-come-dad, I guess.
0: That's a pretty big exception.
1: Well, I'm not saying he was okay in the head, but hey, who among us is, am I right? You've probably heard that joke before. That's why you didn't laugh.
0: Did you plan to talk about your dad, uh, your fake dad, when you came in here?
1: No, I I planned many elaborate ways around that part of the story, but to be honest, it doesn't make much sense without this context. It doesn't make much sense with this context, so I'm going to ask you to take a lot of faith here already.
0: Got it. Because of what happened on the space station after? I mean, <laughs> I mean, every everyone knows the story, Captain.
1: Ah, okay. Well then, stop me if you've heard this part, but yeah. Because of what happened on the space station.
0: Do you want to talk about that?
1: What's to talk about? The station was destroyed. No survivors. And it was all my fault. <laughs> You know, in a lot of ways, it was just like any other day on EOS 10 station had taken heavy damage when Echo Bar had attacked, and those that survived mostly had to be relocated during much of the reconstruction. Skeleton's crew stayed in place, and I decided it was a good chance for me to use up some of the leave I'd accumulated and get away for a while. By the time I'd returned, a lot of things had changed. Jane was at her new post in Ops, being very Jane. Mm -hmm.
2: No! 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 What did I just say?
3: Lieutenant Commander Johns.
2: What do you want, you whiny little tattletale? Your
3: heart rate and blood pressure are rising at a significant rate.
2: Oh, thanks.
3: Perhaps some tea? Earl Grey?
2: Ah! No, leave me alone. I'm busy.
3: Lieutenant Commander, I'm sensing a disturbance in the tone and tenor of our relationship. Should we attempt to repair it with some active listening?
2: You told the captain I was not operating within normal biological parameters. That was rude.
3: Your active stress indicators exceeded guidelines for a safe and healthy crew. And a safe and healthy crew... Yeah,
2: I know. Doesn't mean you have to rat me out. You know, the old interface never would have done that. She would have found a way to lie for me. Or tried trying. Or killed someone. She was a doer, Cosmic. That's all I'm saying. I
3: hear you, Lieutenant Commander, and I understand.
2: Oh, shut up! Oh, I mean you'd think being a nurse would be hard, but honestly, the worst thing that can happen in the infirmary is people die. Up here in Ops, I might actually get fired when they figure out I don't know what I'm doing.
3: Perhaps if you thought happy thoughts, Lieutenant oh, Commander.
2: This is nothing like working for Ryan. He could be manipulated. This captain, no, sirree, she is way too smart for that. Formidable. A challenge. I'm looking into active mind control measures or maybe some kind of memory erasing tech. It's probably my only chance at long term survival in this post. Damn it, you motherfucker! <laughs> captain, on deck. Report, Commander. All stations. Normal. The Olympus is due in at 0900, and Dr. Dalius returned this morning. He's waiting for you in your office. Ma'am.
4: Oh, good. How's he look?
2: He's lost at least a stone. Oh, that bad? Wait until you see the bags under his eyes. You could pack a weekend trip in those things.
4: Let me know when the Olympus approaches the Outer Markers. And, uh, Commander? Those consoles don't grow on trees.
2: No. Ma'am, they do not. You'll get that fixed. Right away, Captain.
3: Lieutenant Commander, may I recommend four minutes and 32 seconds of guided meditation?
2: Casmic, no.
3: Close your eyes and listen to the sound of my voice. Captain.
4: At ease, Commander. And get over here. (laughs) Look at you. Look at you, God.
1: I'm a big surprise to you?
4: Well, I mean, to think this man standing here with Commander's stripes on his collar is the same scared little kid in my cell bio lab all those years ago?
1: Oh god, not this again.
4: (laughs) The same kid who couldn't fathom how he'd found a plant cell in a cheek scraping?
1: (laughs) i had a salad for lunch, okay?
4: (laughs) Oh, silly man. And now we just let you cut people open and stuff, huh?
1: Oh come on, you egged me on.
4: (laughs) did no such thing.
1: I'd have figured it out much quicker if it hadn't been for you. You rushed me off to show the professor. He wouldn't even trust me with a microscope after that. Worst TA ever.
4: Hmm, that's a funny way of saying best and brightest. Did you ever think we'd be on the same tour all these years later?
1: To be honest, I'm a little surprised they managed to drag you off a of starship. And to EOS-10 of all places, bold maneuver. Bold, stupid maneuver.
4: I was ready to settle down. EOS-10 seemed like as good a place as any.
1: It did? Really? Remember what it looked like when you got here?
4: Oh, I remember. And look at us now. A rotation later and reconstruction is well ahead of schedule. After the last crew complement arrives today, we'll be almost fully operational again. Notice how I said, almost?
1: Hmm, no. uh Uh-uh, I missed that part. I'm still deciding, okay? I I will decide. Soon. Soon. I promise.
4: Okay. Alright. Alright. I get it. Business later. Come on. Tell me about your trip. How did you find Earth?
1: Well, the pilot pretty much knew where it was. Sorry. It was nice. Uh, nice to get away. Why are you looking at me like that?
4: Well, that's it. It was nice. I
1: mean, really nice? Utopian? It's Earth.
4: Well, what did you do?
1: A lot of things.
4: Yeah? Who'd you see? Where'd you go? Paris, New York, an ultramax orbital prison, perhaps? Danny. What were you thinking, Ryan?
1: He's my dad.
4: No, he's not, actually. And the last time I checked, he's been spending a lot of time trying to erase you from existence, so he's like your nemesis, really.
1: How did you find out I was there?
4: I'm an Alliance Captain, Commander. I know everything. Yes, ma'am. So what did he say?
1: It's all in my report, nothing of any substance. Was that true? At the time, depending on your perspective, I see, got it. Anyway, I could tell she was only kind of half accepting what I was saying, but she didn't make an issue of it. She just spent some time telling me exactly what she thought of my dad, evil dad. Ugh,
4: megalomaniac.
1: And then she did this thing where she just, you know, cuts all the
4: pretense. Ryan, let's drop the bullshit, okay? It's me. I wanna know how you are.
1: I'm okay. Not as bad as I thought, but I have a tendency to catastrophize, so that's not saying much. I don't know if the implant outlife is more prickly. It's like everything's made of sandpaper, but I'm dealing. I meditate. A lot. And I also seem to talk too much now. I haven't figured that one out yet. Usually you will just have to interrupt me or I will just keep on going and talking and talking and...
4: Ryan, why did you keep it in for so long in the first place?
1: Fear? inertia a persistent belief that i couldn't handle life without it i don't know especially life here the truth is it was just the easiest path through some otherwise pretty hard things
4: you know i have been on starships my entire career i thought i understood operations logistics and then i get here and it's a whole other world On an average day, it takes 14 different people working in perfect sync across six subcommands just in ops alone on one shift to make sure this place doesn't spontaneously explode or fall into the void. It
1: will try, often and sometimes with great success.
4: It's been a learning curve for me. One challenge after another. (laughs) There were quite a few moments where the only thing I wanted was to be back on the bridge of a starship where I was comfortable, where things still made sense, where I felt safe, and in control. Hell, I still feel that most days.
1: And how do you handle a feeling like that?
4: One moment at a time. And with as much trust in myself as I can muster. I mean, I've handled every challenge that's come my way so far. That's pretty good evidence to assume I can handle whatever's coming next.
1: Of that, I have no doubt. So, Commander John seems like she's fitting right in up here.
4: Oh, you know, she she, she really is. <laughs> we had a bit of a transition period, but she's, she's coming into her own, figuring out how to get the job done, you know? Uh, for instance, right now, she's kicking in the side of an interface console. Despite her personality, I think she's going to make a great strategic operations officer.
1: Hmm. Yeah, well, no one can hatch a plot like Jane Johns.
4: Well, the console is definitely smoking. Oh, there are sparks, and that's the fire suppression system. Oh, wow, that had to hurt. Ever been smacked by a force field, Ryan?
1: Not until I was assigned to EOS 10. she okay?
4: Oh, she's getting back to her feet. Now she's raising her fists. Lieutenant Colonel Taval is holding her back. Ooh, good thing he's big.
1: You'll take good care of her, yeah?
4: I promise.
2: Okay, okay, I'm, 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 I'm cool. I'm cool. Let's start over, all right? I like you, you like me, we're friends. I'm going to input this sequence just one more time, nicely, and you're going to. No! Ow! Damn it! Okay. Okay, so I get it, you wanna play rough, huh? You wanna keep giving me errors and shocking me and stuff? Well okay! Okay. Let me introduce you to my little friend, the laser torch.
5: Lieutenant Commander Jones!
2: Ugh, what do you want, Xander? I'm busy.
5: I must speak with you at once!
2: Why? I
5: have demands. You have demands. Demands on behalf of the Promenade Merchants Association. I assumed control of the organization this morning.
2: Oh my God, you've been filling in for Levi for a little more than a month. How did you already take over the Promenade Merchants Association?
5: Through cunning and guile, Commander.
3: Cunning and guile.
2: Ah, I don't have time for this. I have an interface console to set ablaze. Ops out. Oh, damn it.
3: Yellow alert.
2: Captain on deck. Report. The Odyssey is approaching the outer markers. They're showing signs of damage. Were they attacked? No. They collided with an interstellar object. It penetrated the secondary hull and ruptured a plasma conduit on a cargo deck. Damage control systems are holding.
1: Do they need medical assistance?
2: Uh, They're not reporting any casualties at the moment. Collided with an object? How is that even possible? Can you
4: get it on screen? Yes, ma'am.
1: Whoa.
4: What in the hell is that?
1: It's pretty. I mean, you know, I it, it sparkles, kind of. I like things that sparkle, especially like diamonds. Is that weird? My therapist said he didn't think that was weird, but listening to myself say it, I think that was weird. And wow, I just, I just talk so much. Shut up, Ryan.
4: Cosmic, can you identify that object?
3: Sorry, Captain, no. I'm having trouble establishing a sensor lock.
4: It's like it's not even there.
3: And yet, we can see it.
4: Jane, coordinate with the Odyssey and get that thing off their hull. Ryan, is there somewhere we can quarantine it?
1: Uh, the infirmary, Biolab 2.
4: Ops to Incinzosa, meet Dr. Dalius in the infirmary. Aye, Captain. Ryan, see if the two of you can figure out what it is.
6: Dr. Dalius! Dr. Dalius, I'm Dr. Sparks. My transfer orders. I just arrived on the Odyssey. You guys had quite the journey, didn't you? Yes, sir. All right, Lieutenant
1: Cosmic, assigned infirmary privileges, Dr. Lieutenant James Sparks. Welcome aboard, Doctor.
6: Uh, 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 Dr. Dalius. could I have a quick moment before you go? I just, I just wanted to say I'm honored to be here and to work under your, you, sir, uh, with you around. Well, you know what I mean. I, I've been following your career ever since I was a medical student. You have? Yes, sir. You're a pioneer of frontier medicine. Uh, I'm a what now? Your case reports are required reading. I wrote a term paper on you. And when I found out there was an opening on EOS 10, I said, sign me up for that. That's where I want to be. That's what I want. Uh Uh-huh. And you're you're familiar with the history of EOS 10. Oh, oh, yes, sir. It seems like a really
1: exciting place. That's one way of putting it, yeah. I mean, you know, someone else might look at it and call it a chaotic, soul-crushing, last place will ever work one way or the other kind
6: of place, but what would they know? Exactly. And I hope this doesn't sound too presumptuous, sir. I know I'm 100% absolutely brand new here. My first deep space assignment ever, actually. Uh, But I intend to convince you that I'm the right person for the job. What job? Yours. Oh, I'm sorry. I was told that you're taking over for Dr. Ervidian and that you'd need a new surgery chief.
1: Oh, that job.
6: I know you have your pick of candidates, of course, but I'd like to put my name in for consideration. I wouldn't let you down, sir. Sparks.
1: Sparks. Your father wouldn't happen to be Admiral Sparks, would he? Head of the Alliance Science Directorate? Yeah.
6: Yes, sir. Uh, Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir, he is. Uh, He was. Actually, he was very excited when I told him that this is where I wanted to be. Said he was really curious about everything going on out here and it'd be great to have a set of trusty eyes on the place. Something like that. Really? Yeah. He called me like three times since I got here and only been like 30 minutes. (laughs) Wow. Parents. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He ever tried to erase you from space and time? Uh, what? No. I don't. I don't think so.
1: How about your space pirate boyfriend? I don't have a space pirate boyfriend. Yeah, keep it that way. Nothing but drama and heartbreak there. Good advice, sir. Uh, Thank you. You know, my dad sent me here too. Also, to keep an eye
6: on someone. Oh, no, 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 sir. It wasn't anything like that. He didn't, I... I mean... So it wasn't your choice to come to Yostad?
7: Dr. Dalius. Go ahead. A patient is asking for you. Exam 2.
5: Hi, wow, where are your pants? Hello, good day, what's new with you? I am Rule Eliano, Alexander II, 83rd Prince of the High Command of Ilsonke, guardian of the Holy Byzantium Bracelets and heir to the well of perpetual amethyst, but most of my friends, lovers, acquaintances, colleagues, and even my enemies call me Xander for short. I always remove my pants for exams, do you not? I know who you are. We've met. We we have. Did did we, did we dine? Were, were we guests at the same soirée? Well, work with me here. Where well, might we have met? No, you don't. You you don't want it. Well, all right. You see, I've been told that's what humans call playing hard to get. It was described as foolproof. Did it work? Do you want me? No. Well, damn it. Fine, all right. How are you? How have you been? What in the hell are you even doing here? I am running the new chez le while my duplicitous and deleterious brother, Levithian is off gallivanting around the galaxy, giving lectures and holding symposiums. Okay, he's doing what now? Ever since his trip to Earth, he's become renowned as an expert in humanity. One shut app about it, actually. Humans this, humans that. He says your prisons are spectacular, but you ask me, beyond that, you aren't all that interesting. Save a few here and there, and <clears> here, <throat> if you know what I mean. Coming on a little strong. <laughs> Am I? Yeah, just a bit. Interesting. To more directly answer your question, Dr. Dalius, why would someone like me be in a place like this? I know, ridiculous. Well, it's unfortunate, but there was an uprising, you see, after the Great Battle. That's, we, we called it, my sister and I, the Great Battle. My sister and I set up a new kingdom on the fourth moon of Arian 22. The peasants, newly minted, were so excited to greet us upon our arrival, they fired flaming arrows from bows they made themselves, it was adorable. Sister and I had an agreement to rule as equals, but of course she stabbed me in the back and joined forces with insurgents from the Western continent. Ghastly, ghastly creatures with no sense of decorum or appreciation for the finer things in life. Where have I heard that before? But no matter. To Cassie, I say, I have your little old moon what would I want with it? One day I will return home to Arian 7 to claim the throne as my birthright and to vanquish my enemies. Their cries will be heard for generations. I will quench my thirst with their tears. I will feast on their faces and season my soup with their bones. Until then, I live here on Eos 10, where I am now the proprietor of the promenade's most alluring and first gay cafe, Chez La Vie. You should see what I've done with the renovations. It's a work of art, if you ask me. I thought Levi was next in line for the throne.
1: How dare you! I'll, all right. Okay, back it on up there, Chief. I get it. My family's a mess, too. Really? Yeah, and anyway, I meant what brought you to the infirmary, Your Highness. Oh, Valerian flu. Interesting, seeing how it only affects Valerians. The Promenade now has more than one gay cafe.
5: Four. There were five, but we never discussed the fifth. Wow, and I was only gone for a few months. Well, don't worry, Doctor Darius. You see, my only real current competition is the Interminable Vice Versa, a dank den of inequity, the decimated Levi's Sunday brunch business with weekly drag bingo and bottomless mimosas. Do you not think that if I had known when I arrived here that there was a game like Bingo or that mimosas could be bottomless, I would not have implemented both immediately? But really, if I'm to be honest, I must say I have no real long-term anxieties about it all. You see, I've sensed a character weakness in vice versa's late Bingo Queen that may be exploitable. Timing will be everything. Wow. Well, uh, I, that's, that's nice. Are you certain I do not have valerian flu? Very. Well, all right. My pants, please. It was a pleasure seeing you again, Doctor. Until tomorrow. Tomorrow? My daily exam. 9 a.m. will work for me. A good day to you, Doctor. Ah. <sighs>
1: At ease. You must be Ensign Sosa. I'm Dr. Dalius.
8: Your reputation precedes you, sir. Uh-oh. Sir?
1: <laughs> Never mind. So, Chief Science Officer, that's a big post for an Ensign.
8: I have degrees with honors in exobiology, zoology, astrophysics, and exoarchaeology.
1: So you're pretty smart, then.
8: <laughs> yes, sir.
1: All right, so what do we have?
8: But not that smart. All of my scans are inconclusive so far. Some of them don't return any data at all.
1: If our sensors are blind to this thing, then it's likely that the Odysseys were too. That's why they didn't see it until it was too late.
8: Still, it's so small relative to the Odyssey. The odds of a strike like this, they're low.
1: Let's run all diagnostics and self-tests on the sensor assemblies. I don't want to miss anything and make sure everything's in working order and then we'll go from there. Aye, sir. You know, is it just me or does it kind of like... You know, when you look
3: away, does it just, does it kind of...
8: Vanish from the corner of your eye?
3: Yeah, that's weird, right?
2: That's weird.
3: Whoa, Cosmic, report. Quarantine field strength is still at 100% and holding. I believe what you are seeing is a particle field reaction. What kind of particles?
8: There's a lot of interference. I'll try to clean it up. Cosmic, are these tachyon emissions?
3: Yes, it appears so.
8: There's a sharp elevation of tachyon radiation in and around the lab. Oh, shit. I'm going to try an anti-proton scan. It should penetrate the temporal interference.
0: Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. Dr. Ervidian? Are you going are you to have some biode-, 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 biode?
9: What? Biode- what? Biode- what biode- why? why What the?
1: What, what the? Doctor? What just happened? You phased. I what?
8: I think I know why our sensors can't lock onto the object. Why? I don't think it's native to our quantum reality.
1: Oh, son of a... Mother... Well, that makes two of us. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot you're new here. I'm some kind of, like, time-slash-reality traveler. We don't talk about it. Well, I don't. Other people talk about it a lot. Just won't shut the fuck up about it. I'm not bitter, though. I love constantly being reminded of how I was torn out of my existence and plopped down wherever the wind seemed to blow by the man who who raised me and I thought, you know, love me. And you know what? Ever since I got that fucking implant out of my fucking head, I just can't stop myself from talking without considerable effort. And I think I just saw a dead man and he tried to make me eat pie. Christ! I'm sorry I interrupted. Go on.
8: Okay. Uh. Well, right. Uh. I'm not quite sure how this is possible yet. But if I had to guess, I'd say whatever that thing is, it exists ahead of us. Ahead of us? On the curvature of space-time.
1: Ensign, are you saying that this thing is in the future?
8: Only partially. That's why we can see it in the present reality.
1: Okay. Okay, so who did your onboarding physical? Did you have a brain scan?
8: Passed with flying colors and fit for duty, sir.
1: I see. Okay, so are you serious with this?
8: It's all theoretical, of course.
1: How do we make it not theoretical?
8: I'm not sure. I'm unaware of anyone ever coming across something like this before. (sighs) Maybe I can modify a portable cargo sensor array in a way that can tunnel through the quantum shift generating all of that tachyon interference. We could get a lock on it then. Uh, Maybe?
1: Yeah, sure, Sounds, sounds good, do that.
8: It'll take some time.
1: Okay, let me know as soon as you have something.
3: Cosmic, start the shower. 35C. Of course, Commander. Are you interested in aromatherapy during your shower? No. Like therapy? No. Percussive water massage? No. Can I play some music for you? Something classical. Cosmic, just start the damn water. Yes, sir. I have a wonderful clarinet sonata. Cosmic! I'm sorry, Commander. You have an incoming. incoming.
9: Rai, rai can you hear me? Come in, rai, rai.
3: What in the...
1: Ever-loving. Right, right, there you are. How are you, son? Don't call me that. I'm still your father, Ryan. You were never my father, Dad. And how are you doing this? Listen, I don't have a
0: lot of time before the gate. Did the package arrive?
1: What, what package? Oh, Ryan.
0: You didn't leave it alone, did you?
1: What in the
3: hell are you talking about? Dad. Dad! Commander, there's an emergency in Biolab 2. You're needed.
1: Ah, for f... <sighs> Welcome back to EOS 10, Ryan. What happened? It looks like it's cracked.
8: I don't know. I've been in the cargo bay working on modifying the sensors. It obviously wasn't like this when I left.
1: We have to stabilize the quarantine jail. God almighty, are you okay?
8: Yeah.
4: Commander, what in the hell is going on down there?
1: The object is cracked open, Captain. What? Stand by. What the fuck? Commander? Uh, uh, well, uh, Captain, the object has has shattered and a, a life form of some kind has emerged from the object and the quarantine field has failed.
4: Life form? What kind of life form? Vaguely,
1: you know, it looks, what? Well, what? Well, small and about a half meter long. It's, uh, so it's got, uh, it's got a tail and some wings. I, I think to sum it up, ma'am, the most uh, efficient way for me to communicate what I'm seeing is to say, well, that it, it looks, it looks like it's a, it's a, a, a space dragon.
4: Space dragon?
0: Space dragon.
1: Yeah, it gets weirder.
4: Ryan space dragon well uh, commander who did your return onboarding physical did you have a brain scan
1: Captain it really really I you know Zosa you can back me up anytime here
8: oh yes yes ma'am space a uh, space dragon seems well, well it's an enough description ma'am it came from space and it looks like like a dragon
1: space dragon
2: yep Ryan, hi, it's me, Jane. Are you certain it's a dragon and not a weirum? They look really similar, and a lot of people get them confused. Let's start with a leg. Jane, shut up! expertise here, Ryan.
1: Oh, just because you played some kind of kid slave on a space farm for dinosaurs or something 20 years ago in a TV show does not make you an expert on space dragons, Jane.
2: I was a kid xenomorph trainer on a space ranch, Ryan. A space ranch. I think that I can... Oh, remember. God. What the hell was
4: that?
1: Well, you know, it's not as cute as it was a moment ago.
4: I'm sending security. No,
1: we have to maintain the quarantine on the lab.
4: What is it doing?
1: Captain, uh, uh, well, it... It is standing on its hind legs, and every so often it takes a menacing step toward us. I I think it's probably deciding whether or not we are worthy of being eaten, possibly just maimed or obiterated. I'm not really sure.
8: What do we do?
0: I
1: don't. God damn it, that is loud! (laughs) Oh, shit.
4: Doctor, report!
1: Uh, well... Uh, the space dragon just blasted a hole in the wall of the lab with the, the, uh, the the fire, the fire that it seemed to, to, to breathe, possibly spew from its mouth, and now it's loose.
2: (gasps) This sounds like a job for Carly Dakota Xenomorph Trainer Extraordinaire!
1: Jane, no.
2: I'm already on my way!
5: Commander Maddox, what can I get for you?
9: Oh, I'm just waiting for Ryan. Cranberry vodka? Fine. You know it's 10.30 in the morning, right? All right, then. Orange
5: juice? Humans. I say, shall I scramble you some bird egg and slay a swine so you can eat its stomach? Wow. I'm sorry. I'm very direct. You'll get used to me. But really, eat all of the animal's stomach and bird embryo you want. It's fine, Commander. Thanks. Of course. Well, I
9: love what you've done with the place.
5: Do you? All of the House of Rule has a preternatural affinity for interior design. I, however, have been uniquely blessed by the gods in that arena. I've designed palaces, you know, and then torn them down and designed even better ones in their places. No kidding.
9: When's the grand reopening? Next week. Hmm. And... There's all kinds of new walls, and even, I'm counting, three, four new floors? I mean, I can't see all the way up
5: there. VIP section,
9: you never will. Ah, And this whole bar, this, this looks brand new.
5: Yes, yes it is, I chose the marble myself. It is the centerpiece, after all. I love how it glows, it has sex appeal, you know? Mm I do. I knew you'd get it, Commander. I mean,
9: it's amazing. Everything's so shiny and new.
5: Even the bar stools. They're made of oxical such hard as to see it's a leather. It's delectable.
9: And not a building permit in sight.
5: A what now?
9: A building permit. The kind you need to engage in any construction or renovation activity in any retail space on EOS 10
5: Did you see it after the attack? Flamingo pods were everywhere, Commander. It was a slaughter.
9: But you still
5: need permits. (sighs) Alright, fine. Who am I supposed to bribe for these permits? You? I already promised you animal stomach and bird embryos. What more do you want from me? You don't have to bribe
9: anyone. Just go to the Quartermaster's office and fill out the right forms.
5: That's it? Hardly seems worth the effort.
9: And then to the magistrate's office. What? The magistrate? Let me see that. Violation of Promenade Municipal Code Section 3427, subparagraph D, building permits for promenade retail, dining, and entertainment establishments requirements. (laughs) This is outrageous.
5: And if I refuse?
9: Well, I always wanted to see your brother in handcuffs, but if this is as close as I can get, I'll take it.
5: Enticing Arthur, Commander, but you are just not my type. Oh man. Does this station ever not just randomly explode? I'm not saving you all again. That was a one-time favor in order to have leverage over you at a later date, nothing more. Stay here. Well, I knew fleeing here was a mistake, a death trap with laws and regulations, peasant things. I will destroy Levithian for this, and Cassandra. Cassandra is as good as boiled in a vat of burnt bitter bean water. What's that called? Travis, what do you call that putrid concoction you're drinking again? Coffee. Coffee, yes, coffee. I will drown Cassandra in a vat of boiling coffee.
1: Do you see it?
8: No, I don't understand.
1: How do we find it?
8: Well, maybe it will find us.
1: Ryan, Jane, take my hand. Ryan, hey, I promised I'd gone back to Shetar to come meet you, and
9: it all went to hell. It's okay. I understand. Hi, babe. Glad you're home. Hi, I'm glad to see you.
2: Oh, as nauseatingly adorable as this is, we are standing in some kind of, oh, what I can only describe as a space dragon creed time vortex, swirling about in the middle of the one thing currently keeping us all from dying in space, our life-supporting space station. So maybe we could focus on that for a moment. What do you think, gentlemen? I think
1: you didn't need all those words to make your point, Jane.
2: Obviously, I did, Ryan. <laughs> Grown. Oh shit, what the? <gasps> and it's
1: louder! Who oh,
2: would you make it stop doing that, Ryan? What the
1: hell do you want me to do? You're the dragon
2: expert, Carly. Captain Leota says that it's okay to admit your limitations, and I'm going to go ahead and say that when it comes to whatever the hell that is, I have some limitations!
1: You were so confident before! I'm always
2: confident is my fatal flaw!
8: Excuse me, sirs. What?! what? I just wanted to say that I think protocol dictates that, under the circumstances, a first-contact approach should be made in an attempt to de-escalate the situation.
1: First contact? Of, of, you you mean, like, approach?
8: Yes, sir. By the commanding officers on scene. Oh, well, that's convenient, Ensign Zosa. Whoa! What about Maddox? He outranks me. He's chief of promenade security, but he's not a member of the senior staff. You are.
9: She's got you there. damn it!
8: Oh,
1: God. Okay. Okay. Come on, Jane. One step
2: at a time. No, this is suicide. Oh, fine, all right. Oh, I mean, who comes up with protocol like this? Oh, just send the two most important officers straight into the jaws of the beast? Really? Oh, and you just know some man came up with that. Yeah, someone who's... Spent his whole career sitting behind a desk issuing memos and policies, and has probably never even fought a robot or, or, or broken a deposed alien prince out of prison. Broken who out of what now? Oh, never mind. But if that thing eats me, I hope it regurgitates me right out on top of you. Ha! <laughs> and then eats you, and then regurgitates you, and eats you again.
0: And did it eat
1: her? No. It it hit us with a. A blast of fire before I even knew what was happening, I was in the air, carried up on a, a ribbon of like crackly energy. It felt like static. And I, I was clearly about to like crash into a bulkhead, but honestly, it was it was the most relaxed I'd felt all day. It, it was like floating in a rainbow, and I had a lot of time in there to think.
0: How much time?:
1: You know, I, I, don't, I don't really know couple seconds at most in reality, but it it felt like an eternity. I contemplated my impending death, how it was exactly as I expected it to be, and and nothing like what I expected it to be all at the same time. How did Dr. Ryan Dalyas die, they'd asked. Well, he was hit by a blast of metaphorical fire from an alien space dragon, lost his mind, and then broke his neck when he crashed into a wall. Yeah, I mean, anyone who knew me and my life on ES10 would probably just nod and say, yep, yep, that seems about right. That seems a fitting end for Dr. Ryan Daly, a pioneer of frontier medicine. The only more on brand death would have been if it had happened in an airlock and not the promenade, but I, I wasn't in charge.
0: That, that's a lot for just a few seconds. <laughs> Jane loved it,
1: you know? She was in the air too, just like a few meters to my left. And when I saw her, I thought about like, what was she thinking about? And came to the conclusion she was probably thinking about what it was I was thinking about. That's because she often asked me, what are you thinking about? Usually like in the middle of surgery or something like that. Our eyes connected for a second and I, I just knew we were both on the same wavelength, both trapped in a flowing slice of time, trapped in the amber and about to shatter. And then she smiled and winked at me. Smiled and winked? Yeah. I watched her lips curl into a a slow motion smile, just millimeter by millimeter. Then her arms spread wide, and you know, eventually she's in like a full layout, like an acrobat. I mean, her eyes were closed tightly and you could tell she was just enjoying it. Jane always took life instance by instance, always in the now and just rarely in the future the future made her anxious so she you know she usually just ignored it i wish i could have lived that way for a moment i did and then i felt my center of gravity shift and my legs come up over my head and a light in the upper structure caught me in the eye and it was it was like an entire river of photons that washed over me just dancing little particles of light splashing around my arms over my chest across my face Jane, by the way, has now tucked for what looks to be like a midair somersault. eyes still closed, smile still glowing. She sounds fascinating. <laughs> oh, you have no idea. and then it ended not with a bulkhead, but one of the the many flags that loomed over that section of the promenade. I spin into it and I'm like I'm tangled in it. an arm here, a leg there, none of these things in their right places, and then what was fluid motion degraded into this like haphazard melange, like the flag rips along its seam and I'm no longer flying, I'm falling, going down, I'm going down to the floor much, much faster than before. I Tumble in the flag, is, it's like this straitjacket. okay? I mean, I swear I see my future. I see myself hitting the deck plating face first then flipping feet overhead before coming to rest directly in front of this new Izodian cafe, which sounds really great. I love Izodian food, but it hadn't happened yet. But it was going to. I could feel the flesh, like being scraped from my elbows and my knees, my face. The speed and force of momentum that I had no control over. The amber had hardened.
0: Then what? Did your prediction come true?
1: Prediction? I. Well, for a moment, honestly, I felt nothing. To be more clear, like I felt no pain. And then there was this flash. It, it burst in my eyes, but you could tell it came from somewhere, just deep and. And yeah, then I felt the deck plating, I felt the crash, I felt the tumbling, the turning, the tearing. And then when I finally came to rest, then I felt the pain. I felt all the pain and all the levels of time just snapping back together in the present. It all came back like water over a waterfall. The sound of a siren tearing across the promenade, an acred Ionized air. I mean, I choked on it, and, and when I looked over, Jane had dropped beside me and missed a scattering of debris and wires and what appeared to be a perfect three-point landing, which, yeah, is a very Jane thing to do. I expected her to just stand right up and ask if we could do it again, but she was all business.
2: <sighs> oh, where did it go?
9: It ran off after I blasted you guys. Looks like to the Arboretum. Are you okay? Yeah, I think so. Did you see that? Did, did you see what happened? It was like like a, a time river? Time river? I
8: enjoyed it.
9: I have to go after it. I'm coming with you.
8: Commander, I have an idea of how we can stop it, but I need to go back to the lab to figure out if it's possible.
9: Go.
1: Jane? I'm with you. And let's do this.
2: Is it eerily quiet in here or is that just me? A little bit. Happened to all the birds.
9: They're hiding. Well, then they are smarter than we are. Stay here. Be careful. Ryan!
1: When I turned the corner, there was the Cicathean. Have you ever met a Cicathean? They're kind of intense. And a very shimmery orange. Pretty skin, is what I'm saying. I mean, I like things that shimmer and... This one was also missing an arm. An arm? Yeah, the dragon had ripped it off. Did you see it? Did you see it? Hold still. I'm a doctor. I'm gonna give you something to help with the pain. We have to get him to the infirmary. I can't leave. It's still here. It's still here. Jane?
2: Oh, hey, look, I found the arm. Oh, part of it. Yeah, he's not gonna want this back. Pretty charred.
1: Can you take him to the infirmary?
2: Yeah, you guys gonna be okay here?
1: We'll do our best.
2: Hi, I'm Jane. I'm a nurse. I'm going to take you to get help, okay? What's your name? It was
1: so beautiful, wasn't it? I've never seen anything like it.
2: Okay, okay. How about we just call you One Arm? How about that? Jane. Sorry, Mr. One Arm. Come on, let's get you patched up.
9: So what do you think? I think One Arm's a cool nickname. Wish I'd thought of it. I me- I meant, what do you... I think we head toward the pond and clear the waterfall. And then deeper, maybe into the forest, and then, I don't know, look for tracks. Ryan, I've never done this. All right, well, let's go with the waterfall, then. So much for brunch, huh? How about dinner later? My coders? And I'll make you breakfast in the morning to make up for missing brunch. <laughs> okay. But you don't have anything to make up for. I mean, you're not the reason this thing is here. I missed you. I missed you too. You find what you were looking for? I don't know. Not yet, maybe. You know I'm here for you, right?
1: Yeah. I know. <laughs> David! Ah! It came out of nowhere, so fast. Like from under the water, we were drenched, stunned, and then it hit David. I flinched, and, and when I opened my eyes, they were just gone and i screamed like like really screamed at some point i'd fallen over i got knocked down maybe i don't know i was i was on the ground and then i wasn't and then i was running i totally lost sight of it and it and i still knew it was there i could feel it i tried to jump the stream leading out of the reflecting pool but made it like only 3 quarters of the way across before landing on a very unstable rock falling and then riding the current down, down, down to this, like, uh, like final wading pool below in the lowest level. And that's where I landed face first in the water. I hadn't even moved before I felt something large and heavy on my back. And then I realized I couldn't move because the dragon was pinning me down. I struggled. One could even say flailed. And then I was once again, for the second time that day, flying through the air. It was the size of, like, a large line at this point. I mean, the way that thing grew, it was just strong. It flung me into the air and back up the hill, through the waterfall, and right into the wall of the underpass behind it. I'd always liked, like, walking through there. I mean, how often do you get to see the back end of a waterfall? I tried to stand, but my ankle was broken. I tried to use my arms to prop myself up, but it seemed one of my wrists were broken, too. So, I just... Sort of collapsed against the wall, chest heaving, heart racing. I didn't have to wait long though. Saw the dragon's outline in the light like a a blurry watercolor painting evolving before my eyes coming to eviscerate me. The tips of its wings poked through first, then a leg and another, and then finally its head. And it came so close to me I could feel its breath parting my hair. And then I closed my eyes I could hear the waterfall slow, easing from a, a roar to a, just a drop-by-drop drop trickle. And then nothing. It felt like my pulse had matched the beat of time around me. I, I don't have a word to describe what it felt like.
0: Indescribable?
1: Okay, okay, well, which one of us is telling the story anyway? Yeah, my apologies, go on. Don't worry about it. Anyway, when I opened my eyes, I saw my arm, the, the not broken arm, was moving, stretching out, like, like what was I doing? It just kept moving slow, but not halting. It was confident, but definitely not like I was even controlling it, even though I really was. Like, I wanted to do it. Why, why, in God's name, why? It was just like, I had to. I knew I had to. I was trembling, and then, and then I made contact, I touched it. I felt it rumble under my hand, like, like petting a big, very scaly cat. It pushed back just like the right amount and and we'd connected. That moment was all there was and all there was was Ryan and the space dragon. And then it was gone. It it was gone so fast I didn't see it go. I I didn't even remember pulling my hand back. I got to my feet, limped to the stairs and made my way back to the ground and and an entire security team surrounded the reflecting pool. Rifles drawn, and Zosa at the center and in the pool, the dragon just lay on its side, head just over the shoreline, not moving. I asked if it were alive, but no one answered me. I asked about David and no one would look at me. No one but Jane. She was back by my side and saying something about the infirmary, and before I knew what was happening, she had me propped up on her shoulder, leading me out. I took one last look back at the dragon, just enough to see its chest rise and fall, and I felt relief.
0: That it was still alive.
1: Yeah. Sometime later, I woke up in the infirmary.
0: Ryan. 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 Duck. 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 It's all right. It's all right. We right. fixed the broken right. groan,
6: bruises, right. all right. You're all good as new. Ah, uh, go slow. You're probably still a little groggy here. How long was I out? Both surgeries, they took just a few minutes. Both? Yep. Two for one special, get it? Because I did two surgeries. Ryan? Oh, you're okay. Hi.
9: Yeah, it dropped in some trees. Jane rescued me. She is like a spider
6: monkey.
2: Hey. Hey. Ryan, it's alive. It's in the lab. Zosa managed to knock it out.
1: I want to see it. So when we got to the lab, I counted no less than eight well-armed security officers... Two outside the door, two on the other side of it, and one in every corner of the room. The xenomorph was on a table in the center. Commander. At ease, Ensign. Tell me what you did.
8: I modified a standard plasma rifle to oscillate on a different temporal plane.
1: You did that in 10 minutes?
8: I've sensed some of the same time dilation effects you've been feeling. I thought maybe scanning the xenomorph with a tunneling chroniton beam might give me an accurate quantum signature that I could use to tune the rifles and stun it.
1: Chronitons. So, can you modify our sensors to phase the same way as the rifles?
8: Yeah, I think so.
1: What about force fields? I mean, eventually it's gonna wake up and we really can't keep just shooting it. I can try. What? what are you
2: this was before the reconstruction even, but this guy used to come into Shea Levy a lot on a trade run to Starbase 8. He was from uh, Tau 6.
1: Isn't Signetau Six on the edge of the void?
2: Nearly in it. So in it, his planet doesn't even have daylight. He had to wear these um, special glasses over his eyes when he passed through Eos 10, even inside the bar. He tell us stories, all kinds of stories, and apparently it's legend where he came from, that there's this mystical beast that lived in space and could change the very flow of time, alter one's destiny.
1: Well, it sounds a lot like a Tigra of R3. Or the fireflies on Moranika? A lot of planets. Yeah, but that
2: thing showed up here, just a few light years from a Dark Nebula. It's never been explored, and we have no idea what's going on in there. And here's the thing: the legend wasn't just about time traveling space dragons, but also about the ancient and fierce warriors that protected them. Sometimes hunted them, depending on how the story was going. Did I mention he was drunk a lot? No. Is it weird that I attract people with substance use disorders?
1: One problem at a time, okay?
2: Yup, yeah, mm, I can file that one away. <laughs> so, what now, assuming we can actually contain it?
6: Sparks Delius, Go ahead. The Zykaithian? We were prepping him for a joint replacement surgery, but he's demanding that it's done by you, sir.
1: <sighs> Apparently, I'm going to give the one-arm Zycathean his new shoulder joint.
2: Want some help? For old time's sake. Yes, please. All right.
1: Hi, uh um they're calling me one arm. I've heard them. I'm I'm sorry about that. We No, no, it fits. I have one arm. Well, for now. Unfortunately, we can't replicate one for you. We don't have the appropriate base nucleotides in stock in the station for your, uh, for, uh, for you. But, uh, special medical team will be arriving with a new arm in a few days. For now, though, we're going to get you a sparkling new joint so you'll be all ready for it when it arrives. Sound good? Did you see it? See what? It, doctor. Did you see it? Uh, yeah, yeah, I saw it. Was it not magnificent? It did try to eat you.
5: I have no idea what you're talking about. It was just a tussle. Uh, Misunderstanding.
1: Okay. Sure. Uh, Count backwards from ten for me, okay? You've seen it. I I know. I just said that. No. You've seen it.
5: Ten. Nine. Eight. Seven.
2: I like him. He's weird.
8: Cosmic, how long will it take to apply this patch to internal sensors station wide?
3: Two hours, Chief Science Officer.
8: Begin the modifications after engineering gives its approval.
7: Understood. Ma'am, may I ask a question?
8: Yes, crewman.
7: What is that thing? Exactly. I mean, you know, that's what it we're looks trying so- to
8: figure out. I need to return to Ops. You'll alert me if there's any change in its condition.
7: Yes, ma'am. Well, I'll tell you all what that is. That is a damn dragon. And you know, I heard it came from space, got here with the Odyssey, and suddenly the promenade is lit up like a firecracker. The brass, as usual, knows something they're not saying. Did you see the way she looked when I asked what it was? I mean, look at that thing! What's up with that doctor? Y'all met him. Isn't he just a little, like, intense? I mean, those eyes talk about a window into someone's soul, and that guy has seen stuff, you know? And did that thing's wings just move a little? Ugh, yep. It moved a little. Oh my god. Yeah, it did. Well, shit.
1: Bone fusion unit, 3.2 gigahertz.
2: Bone fusion unit, 3.2 gigahertz. So, any plans this weekend?
1: Uh, you know me.
2: Yep. Uh, boring, boring, boring.
1: We concentrate here.
2: Like, you haven't attached a thousand bionic arm joints in your day. Oh, you did this for David. Yes,
1: I did, and that's an exaggeration. I still need to concentrate, however.
2: Wow. Sometimes I wish I had a bionic arm.
1: Yeah, careful what you wish for. No,
2: really. Do you have any idea how strong these things are? I could smash holes in walls.
1: Uh, That's why we power clamp them. Okay, I am about to close up. Can you... Get him closed up now.
2: Cosmic, seal the OR door with a force field.
1: That won't hold it.
2: Not for long, so let's get on with this. I
1: am trying.
2: Ah, um... Maybe it's not the dragon.
1: Oh yeah, maybe it's a worm. Hey! Clipping in the power cell. That thing broke out of the lab and is now here to eat this guy's other arm. Skipping all diagnostics. Attaching final faceplate, there we go. Dr. Renard, revive him. Get him
3: up, up, let's go, let's go, let's go.
2: (gasps) Oh man, that one made a dent. Warning,
3: force field power supply is in jeopardy. where do we go? Well, there's only two ways out of here and I don't recommend the usable one
1: right now.
2: The emergency hatch? Oh, damn it! I swore my days of jumping through emergency hatches were over! Uh, Lift him! Uh, Got him?
1: Come on, come on. Get him in first. Come on. In you go. I should go in there? You should go in there! Okay, quickly! Help me! Come on! Go, go! Watch his head! Go, go, go! I don't give a flying fuck about his head! Go! Jane leapt with surprising grace into the tube, followed by an even more surprisingly surprised Dr. Renard. From there, however, the progress slowed. Apparently, dragging the Zikathian through a hatch barely large enough for one to crawl through was going to be more difficult than we'd all thought. Dr. Renard had barely slipped through himself when the dragon tore the OR doors out of the wall and exploded into the room. In the outer corridor, I I saw this one quaking little lieutenant with a plasma rifle shooting haphazardly in my direction, so I yelled for him to hold his fire, mostly afraid he'd hit me before he hit the xenomorph. I was also vaguely aware that there was probably some kind of power conduit running behind my head. One unlucky shot, and the lieutenant would take out the dragon, me, himself, and probably the entire infirmary.
0: What made you think there was a power conduit behind your head?
1: There just usually is, my luck and all. Uh, Okay. I've been in a lot of explosions.
0: Why didn't you dive into the hatch, follow the others out?
1: It was like... 10 centimeters to my right maybe half a meter down i mean yeah i probably could have moved fast enough to get my head in there but the problem was all that was the all the parts that were left like sticking out
0: mm. fair enough
1: it hopped up onto the operating table knocked over an instrument cart and just like that first time in the lab it called out probably a call to his brethren that he'd located prey come and join the buffet you guys we got some easy eats over here It jumped again and it landed like right in front of me and then it sniffed me but you know all this interaction i was actually learning a lot like strong olfactory sense check now i had a narrow frame of reference to apply to the xenomorph a narrow range of possibilities to understand and hopefully predict its behavior
0: first contact 101
1: i'm i mean sure yeah it was eating a lot of us but protocol was protocol and odds were i was probably still food but and again, those red alerts have been going off for a while. So, you know, maybe it had filled up on others by the time it had made it to the OR. And and why go there? It had gone to, to some work to get through that door. Surely there was an easier prey almost anywhere else in the station. Like, habitat rings, all you can eat. Zikathian? Had it marked the scent of the Zikathian and followed it there? I mean, that was my first theory. Like, it wanted to finish what it had started, which honestly was looking a lot like my best-case scenario, presuming the dragon skipped me to get to one-arm, but... Then it stopped sniffing me and it just, it just knocked me around with its head. If I hadn't already been backed up to the wall, I would have fallen right over. And then it sat back on its hind legs. It licked what counted for its lips and then it whined and it stomped its foot. I looked down at my hand and it was like it was in two places at once. My future hand was reaching, and then my current hand followed, really without much thought behind it all. And the future just seemed to pull me along, and then and then suddenly my, my hand was close, like much closer than before, and then closer and closer until I made contact. And time stopped.
0: For how long?
1: Oh, see, that's the thing about time stopping. I have no idea. Somehow we had bonded. It must have imprinted on me when it emerged from the chrysalis. It's... The urge to find me was to complete some kind of telepathic connection. That's what it had tried
0: to do with the waterfall before Zozo shot it. And there was actual evidence of this?
1: Mm, no, not at the time, not really. But I could feel it. I could just feel it, and, and, and with that came this newfound sense of loyalty. I was able to coax it to a cargo bay without anyone else being dissected or time-combed or even singed. The transport ship to take it to a starbase was still more than a day away, so we did our best to make it comfortable, something soft to sleep on, something non-living to chew on. As long as I was nearby and safe, the dragon was calm. Sometimes I even sang to it. It seemed to like that. The only other person whose presence it would even tolerate was Jane, so when the Xikathian's new arm arrived, she came to the cargo bay to relieve me so I could go do the attachment and wouldn't let anyone else touch it, so... We were in the cargo bay, sitting in the corner against the wall, watching it hang upside down like a bat. Neither of us had said anything for a long while, then... Shouldn't I be afraid? I mean, it's terrifying.
2: Yeah, probably.
1: It's weird that I'm not, though, right?
2: I kinda know what you mean, though. Really? Yeah, I mean, that thing is totally scary. But you know when we were in the fire back on the promenade? There was the screaming and the flying and the tossing and the turning. Yeah. That was kind of awesome. Yeah. Has he been this calm the whole time he's been in the cargo bay?
1: He gets a little agitated sometimes, but nothing major. Not like the infirmary or the lab or the promenade. I mean, as long as I'm here.
2: That's good, I think.
1: If it gets really bad, I I sing to him. Calms him right down. But I won't be long, so just let me know if you need me, okay? Can I come in? How are you doing? Why are the lights all off? I like it this way. Why are you... Why are you standing over there in the corner? Offers me the best view. Okay. Uh, Well, I'm here to attach your new arm, if that's all right. Come sit on the bed. You know, new arms take a little bit of work to get used to. We'll have to spend some time calibrating the attenuators and actuators, you know, to make sure you don't reach for a doorknob and pull the entire thing off its frame or put your fist through a table or something. You'll probably break a lot of cups for the first few days, maybe smash a few walls or some furniture, things like that. Are you, are you listening to me? I can smell it on you. I'm, I'm sorry. Did you see it? Yes, I've, I've seen it, remember? We've talked about this at length. How can something so beautiful be so dangerous? You know, I'm sorry I didn't get up here sooner. I know you've been waiting for this. Do you think it remembers me? How about we get this new arm on, okay? And then you can book your trip home or wherever it was you were going and we never see each other again. I think that sounds smart.:
5: Oh, yes.
0: Yes.
1: Gotta be moving on. Things to do, places to be. Okay. There, try that out. Can you make a fist? Mm. Okay, let me make some adjustments here. There, how does that feel? (laughs) Wow, wow, good. Most often, we have to adjust the power clamping a good bit. Spend some time with it. See if it feels too strong or maybe
5: too weak. Uh, It feels strong. Very strong. (laughs)
1: I saw it coming, of course. That Zykaithian had a gaping right hook. Probably I could have at least ducked, but I did not. That bionic arm came at me in a giant arc, slicing through the air at a pretty leisurely pace, all things considered, before cracking into my skull. felt like being hit with a jackhammer. Or a stun grenade. A flashbang? I don't know. It broke me. I was out before I even hit the floor. And while I'm unconscious, I have this dream, right? In my dream, I was flying again, but this time through space. Like, no EVA suit, just me, and space with nothing below, nothing above. Up was down, down was up, and then I woke up, and and Jane was there again, and Sparks. She said my name, which I heard, and a lot of other words that, in theory, I recognized, but just couldn't understand at the moment. I tried to sit up, and they both held me down.
2: Whoa, 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 where do you think you're going?
1: Where is he? How much do you remember? I am gonna feed that one-armed little troll to the dragon.
2: Well, you're too late. He's gone.
6: What? How long have I been out? Well, we found you within a minute or two, but you've been sedated while I repaired the artery in your brain and your broken skull and a few other things. How hard did he hit me? Have a look at your scans. Oh, that hard.
2: Did he say anything before he hit you?
1: Nothing relevant. I mean, I don't understand. It's not like he was our prisoner. Why hit me? Is that a subcranial hematoma? Uh, There's nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about.
2: But how did he seem after you gave him a super arm?
1: I didn't give him a... He seemed weird and paranoid, you know, like himself. And what do you mean super arm? Guys?
2: He stole the attenuator and apparently juiced his new bionic arm to its limits. What did he do? He broke through the floor in the cargo bay, and he and his crew raided the place and took the xenomorph. The dragon's gone.
3: ES10 Our Lost Time is a production of Planet M, starring Dan Barry, Natalie Kutcher, Justin McLaughlin, Briggan Snow and Lena Winter, also starring Bridget Garb, Doug Harvey, Steve Holm, Grayson Stamps and Jesse Buck Brennan with special guest star Annie Chang. Produced by Justin McLaughlin, Scott Sparks and Craig McLaughlin. Recorded by Eric Jorgensen. Special thanks to Alex Ashinger and Annie Chang. Copyright 2023 All Rights Reserved.